We've got it all together for a brand new show. Southwards Fields here again, away we go. Flamenco Mai is running from a spooky ghost. Southwinter is doing what he does the most. Hey, come on, get involved till this podcast has evolved. Hang around for Southridge Field. Come on, get involved, till this podcast has evolved. Hang around for Southridge Field. That's my town. Okay, can okay, you read well, this? Soon. Okay, what do I do? Just read it. I'll You're listening to the South Richfield Podcast with Scott Luther and Matthew Conahay. Coma. 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 Matthew Coma. Sorry about that. It's Matthew Coma. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. Welcome back to the South Richfield Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Luther, and with me, Matthew Coma. Hey, Matt, how's it going? It is going great, Scott. Glad to be back for season three of the South Richfield Podcast. Yes. How are things with you? Very good. I think a lot of people may not even know that it's season three. We've been around, we've been doing this for, uh, I guess, three seasons. I, yeah. I think most people thought we got canceled after the first episode. But since there's no sponsors, we really don't owe anybody anything. Right. So we, we've we done, what, maybe 12 to 15 episodes, I want to say, uh, over the I last few years? I think if enough people listen to it, we might get um, brought up on war crimes. <laughs> And if, or so if, some people say. And if Matthew McConaughey's listening, <laughs> or if he was my co-host, yeah. I, wow, I think yeah. we'd be doing a lot better. But I've I got you, and well, uh, it seems to have worked out so far. I yeah, I think we're up to four or five listeners now. <laughs> I mean McConaughey, yeah, he'll get you maybe seven, eight, but. That's, you know, that's going to fade after a while. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, there's, there's a few famous Matthews and so forth. You either go by Matt or Matthew. He's not known as Matt McConaughey. And right. uh, Matt LeBlanc, Joey from Friends, isn't known as Matthew LeBlanc. But his uh, co-star is known as Matthew Perry, not Matt Perry. You know, so once you're assigned that name, you know, you're either a Matt or a Matthew. And that's really why I've really held back on attaining any sort of Anything beyond regional fame, because I just haven't known if am I a Matt or a Matthew. <laughs> well, I introduced you as Matthew tonight, but every once in a while, I'll say Matt Coma. That's true. Now I, I was thinking about Scots. Who who are the famous Scots that are out there? Where in, in South Richfield or in uh, in well, Hollywood? Well, I in anywhere. As far as the famous Scots, I, I can think of Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> But after that, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Well, Scott Hamilton, pride of uh, oh, Bowling Green, right? That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's famous. That's true. Um, All right. Uh, Scott. Scott. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Scott. Uh, I can't huh. think of any famous Scots. Great Scott. Great, great Scott. <laughs> but I, I guess we'll have to come back to that. Maybe we'll Scott think. Of, well, Scott Simon from NPR, but who cares about him? Well, he's probably a more well-known broadcaster well, than we are. Now that I'm, now that I'm saying that. That's true. Well, we can all aspire to that that level of greatness. Well, right. I think we'll come up with something. Maybe that's something our uh, listeners can email us in with famous Scots. Yeah, maybe there's some famous Scots. Scott Rowland Scott's from who made the... good. <laughs> Scott Rowland. Scott Weiland. He was the lead singer of uh, the Stone Temple Pilots and. The Velvet Revolvers, and he, well, he died. He right. was from Field, I think, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Was he from Field? Well, Who else? Well, how did they ca- end up calling that school system Field? And we're in Richfield, and they call it Revere. Yeah. Well, they named it after Revere Road. Yeah, I think out there uh, it's Brimfield and Suffield, and they just said rather than calling us Bro Suff. <laughs> We'll just go with the last end of Rumfield and Suffield and go with Field. Right. Brosif. <laughs> I've heard kids call each other that, I think. Like, instead of Joseph, yo, Brosif. Brosif, yeah. Uh, speaking of schools, Matt, have you been out home lately down 303 way? I have. I have, and it is, it's, well, it's unrecognizable. Yeah, you, you drive past the the site of our, our uh, I guess, alma mater, yeah. uh, Richfield School, and it is totally gone, no sign of it anywhere. And now there's a, there's a development going up, and they have some, some basements dug, it looks like, or maybe, it might be a... a retention base and i'm not quite sure but <laughs> it's sloped it, it doesn't look like a basement but it is a depression in the earth where the school well, used there's, to a pre- stand. there's a depression in, in my heart uh about that i understand progress and all that but um you know it's that was a very formative part of my life and a lot of people i know's life lots of memories happen there and now it's as if well, it is as if that never existed. That building, that place, it's gone now. It's completely changed. And it's not just you know our elementary school life. Uh, generations in the Richfield community went through there. Right, and it used to be through 12th grade, so it was Richfield High School for a long time, uh, up until the 50s when they consolidated Bath and Richfield uh, school system. And... Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather graduated from there and probably had, what, 20 kids in his class or whatever. If that, I think that might be pushing it because the, the population boom of Richfield didn't happen until the, the 50s when uh, all the GIs came back from the war and started making babies. So, yeah, it is. It's it's sad, but honestly, seeing pictures of what the inside of the school looked like, there's not too much they could have done at that point they let it go too long if anybody was going to do anything with the school they should have done it as soon as the school closed when it was still uh 
could be maintained and everything. The same thing is happening uh, in our area up here. Um, we, we live in the Anthony Wayne School District, and there's three communities um, that feed into this school system. Waterville is, is one of the cities, White House, and where we live, Monclova. Um, our kids went to White House Elementary, um, and uh, there is a Monclova school. Um, but in the 1960s or 70s, uh, that Monclova Elementary School got shut down and they built a new one. But what they did is they turned the old elementary school into a community center. And it was actively used. It was centrally located within the community. And that's where everybody goes to vote still. And that's where mm -hmm. there's yoga classes and guitar lesson classes and pottery classes and somewhat of a senior center. There's even, I, I think, some foreign languages being taught there. Uh, and uh, in White House, where, again, where my kids went, uh, they're going to be building a brand new elementary school. And the existing school is just slightly over 80 years old. I think it's 80, mm. 85 years old. So, it, you know, it's a lot of the same situations, uh, conditions that, that Richfield Elementary had. But they had kind of up, kept it up. Uh, I don't think it has as much asbestos as Richfield <laughs> Elementary did. But the third community, Waterville, that I had mentioned, they kept their building there for a while, and it used to house the uh, administration for the school system. But that building is now torn down completely. So it's kind of the same thing. You see three different uh, uh, aspects of what could happen to a building like that. One community uh, repurposing it completely, another one where it's in flux, and one where they just said, screw it, we don't want it, tear it down. Yeah. I guess they just never really thought of anything for, for our school. Even though you heard ideas like senior housing and various other gimmicks over the years. And uh, like I said before, I think we might have said it on a previous podcast, but even by the time we got to sixth grade, the third floor was off limits. There were already problems up yeah. there. So, right. Say la vie. We'll see these houses moving up and... Uh, Maybe I'll I'll uh, retire to one, and it can be my home in the home in the south of Richfield uh, when I get older. <laughs> It'll be it's right across from the church, which would be great because I'm sure I'll be volunteering yeah, can, a lot. You can get into your flying uh, wheelchair at that point in time, <laughs> and just uh, hover on over to to the church. Right, right. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I know it. Speaking of uh, Richfield School and going back to school, I want to take you back to my last year of school in Richfield, sixth grade. Right back before school started, August of 1983, we just arrived home from the Gold Circle. Mom bought me a new pair of white sneakers. I was all, all ready for gym class. And, you know, you go on your annual school shopping trips. I have no idea how my parents afforded to outfit five children because, you know, we're buying all this school stuff. And it's it costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So John and I were out back behind the chicken house playing Frisbee. I, I don't know if you remember being back there ever, but we had probably about 10,000 chickens in this chicken house and all the manure went to the uh was on conveyor belts 
uh, for half the house and they'd flip a switch and the manure would ride a conveyor belt out of the building and just land up in a big pile outside uh, kind of on a concrete pad and then my family would, would spread it across fields and stuff uh, throughout the year well it had been a very hot summer that year very dry just like a lot of august are this year has been brutal we haven't had rain in it seems like weeks right now but uh we we're playing frisbee and we we threw the frisbee and it landed up on the pile of manure and john and i are like how we tried you know we tried to reach it with like a rake or something we couldn't reach it we're like how are we going to get this this frisbee and i'm like eh, i can probably walk out there and get it it looks looks pretty dry <laughs> and i i weighed less than john at that point even going into sixth grade he was already taller and bigger than i was <laughs> i was 11 he was nine and uh <laughs> so i start walking out on this pile of dried chicken manure and i take a few steps and i'm like hey it's it's holding me so i walk out and i'm like in the middle of it by the this is a huge pile of manure. This thing's like, you know, 40 feet across. <laughs> it's a pool is basically what it is. And so I get halfway out there. And then all of a sudden, I just sink. And I get sucked down, not, not all the way, but to my knees at least, in the chicken manure. And I cannot move. I am stuck. John tries oh. throwing me a rope <laughs> to pull me out. That doesn't work. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, mom just bought me these shoes. jeez. <laughs> oh, I don't know why she let me wear them. Um, <laughs> it's really her fault. Think about it. Right. <laughs> she's, up, she's up in grandma's yard. It's They're snapping beans. Uh from from my grandma's garden they're sitting under the shade tree snapping beans telling stories to each other i'm like i'm just i'm stuck. about the stupid things their kids did <laughs> <laughs> they can't see what's going on back there so john goes running running off to uh get help and here comes my uncle eddie with a front end loader he's laughing when he sees me he scoops me up <laughs> and drives me to the yard where my mom is and my grandma and aunts and <laughs> kind of lets me off there. I'm, I'm in the scoop of the front end loader with, with manure and my new shoes. And there, my mom sees it and she's just like, what happened? They take me straight into the shower in my grandma's basement. <laughs> <laughs> spray down the shoes you know my legs save everything. the shoes get save, to the kid later save, <laughs> save the 19 dollars kids <laughs> those will be passed down from boy to boy to boy <laughs> probably both, two of them at least had a larger shoe size than me by then so <laughs> oh no well maybe sarah had them then <laughs> I just, uh, 
I'll never live down that day I got stuck in the chicken manure heading into sixth grade. <laughs> you know, and I remember you walking into Mrs. Santon's class. I went, you smell that? What's that? Did we smell that? Is that me? Is that you? I know, uh, I know like in seventh or eighth grade, I wore a pair of shoes to, to middle school and I had stepped in manure and the kids noticed and I had to have someone bring in another pair of shoes for me. Oh, oh no. And I know Todd Bendis remembers that because he, he wrote it in my middle school yearbook, I think. <laughs> Lest you forget the embarrassment and shame. Yes, it'll it'll live on in infamy. And if my kids or grandchildren are ever looking at my middle school yearbook, they will say, hey, Grandpa must have worn some smelly shoes to school. Well, you know what? That's what I heard closed down the second floor of Richfield School after we went through. <laughs> was they found some strange chicken contamination that they were never able to trace down. <laughs> that could have been anyone. Somehow work- that could have been <laughs> anyone, Matt. It wasn't me. I know a lot of people did use that library. <laughs> and they a lot of people had DNA tests back then. Yes. <laughs> Good thing they didn't have CSI back then, or you might have got busted. Oh man. Yeah, but school shopping and, and those shoes. Did you ever have to... You remember going back to school shopping with your mom? Did you go to Gold Circle or anything like that? Yeah, we went to Gold Circle and we would also... Uh, but I don't really remember going there often. I remember going to... Uh, what was the second-hand shop up in... Uh, it was called The Attic or something like the that. The Treasure Loft? The Treasure Loft, yeah. That's in where Richfield? we did all our school shopping. That's where yeah. you did all your school shopping. <laughs> that's where we did all our school shopping, right. And so, you know, basically my wardrobe uh, in the 80s was from the 70s. So I always had sort of a, a retro flair that, I, that I, I sported back then. But when my mom did have to go shopping, uh, especially during that time period, uh, well, fourth, fifth, and sixth, I started to get a little bit uh, thick, a lot of baby fat. Oh. So I, I don't know if you remember this, my there was a style of pants or I don't even know who made it called. They're called uh, Huskies. Yeah. Like Wrangler and, uh, had Husky yeah. sizes, I think. And they were tight. Well, they were tight because you were chubby, <laughs> <laughs> but they're like this thicker material. So like right. it would, the sea wouldn't split when you sat down. <laughs> but I remember, uh, you know, like the normal size pants wouldn't fit for me anymore. And my mom said, Oh, well, let's try Huskies. So we go into the store, and I hated clothes shopping. Absolutely hated it. Because you'd stand there, and you'd be in the, the changing room with your mom. You know, try these on. Oh, there's so much room in the crotch. You know, those won't work. Oh. Excuse me. Excuse, you have anything with less with a higher seam in the – so that there's not so much room in the crotch? Yeah, that'll do. But still make it so it's husky with – a lot of room in the caboose. <laughs> so that was my going back to school in fourth and fifth and sixth grade. So it was always sort of uh, with trepidation. But right. going into seventh grade, uh, had a mixed blessing. I got really sick uh, in the summer of sixth grade, or following sixth grade. In fact, right around my birthday. Um, I had this bacterial infection underneath my tongue and in my throat that swelled up so much that it was cutting off my breathing. Oh, 
um, and gave me the worst ear pain I ever had in my life. I had to be rushed to the hospital and then from Parma Hospital had to be shuttled through ambulance over to uh, Rainbow Babies and Children's. But in addition to cutting off my hearing and my ability to breathe, it, it also cut off my ability to swallow. <laughs> so I, I, I was basically fed intravenously for three weeks. So I lost a lot of a lot of weight. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> By the time I came out, I was looking pretty slim and slender. In that gym uniform that you had ordered in sixth grade, probably didn't fit. By the time you got to school in seventh, <laughs> no, it was it was a little baggy. And and you know if you think about it, I might have kicked off the whole hip hop look. Oh, <laughs> I know, with I thought the baggy clothes. Yeah, MC Hammer modeled his his look after you. He saw MC Matt Coma. <laughs> Matt Coma. You know? ah. But I was MC Homa. <laughs> <laughs> but it might have been a little bit Yiddish. They thought of MC Homa. So. <laughs> oh, that's a well. I'm sorry that happened to you. I don't even think I ever heard that story before that you were had been sick. But uh, yeah, well, it, and you know, I was I was really thin uh, uh, for a while, um, basically from seventh grade till about twenty five. I was looking good. Yeah. And then one day, I I ate an entire cherry pie, <laughs> and I, I looked down, and there was like this bloop right where my belly was. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Where did that come from? It's never been there before, but it's it's never left me since, and just sort of grown around. <laughs> so there's probably a, like a cherry pit somewhere in there that I probably should get medically removed, and all this gravy will just leak out oh, for me. I I see that lump every once in a while on myself. Like uh, if I go to Boston Market and order a whole chicken, uh, and you get you know you get two sides. With with the meals there, well, sometimes you just have to have a third. <laughs> that cream of spinach well, is just so good. I know you got to wash it down with an extra helping of cream oh. of spinach. <laughs> well, today I went to Boston Market with some friends at work, and uh, I got I actually got a turkey bowl. It has like the mashed potatoes, the corn, the green beans, and then chopped turkey on top because it was fewer calories than. Like a half chicken or a white white meat or three piece dark or whatever, so I'm like I'm gonna get this, and I'm checking out, and he's like, hey, do you want gravy on that? I'm like, ah, yeah, go ahead, put a little bit. <laughs> hey, I said a little bit, not a not a thimbleful. Come on, Don't be so stingy there. Come on, Roscoe. I need to get my cornbread. That's not even a half a liter. Oh. Could you put some on the bottom of that too, so it's sort of like between layers of gravy? There you go. So Matt, where did uh, like in sixth grade? You know, that's when you start being old enough to hang out with your friends without your parents. Mm -hmm. I remember we sometimes get dropped off at the bath rollercade, and you you know you spend a couple hours there with your friends, and someone's mom would come and pick you up, and she'd have like five kids in the car. And drop everyone off. There'd be a designated mom who was responsible for making sure all these kids got home. And this was before cell phones and everything. If anything happened to you there, 
who knows uh, how many days later they'd find your parents would find out about it that right. you're in the hospital due to uh, you know some trick you were trying to do to impress the girls at the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of trust and logistics involved in taking kids around from place to place back then. Right, and there weren't that many places to go. I mean, you were either at the rollercade, you were at Summit Mall, you could have been at the Freeze, I guess, or maybe Clicks, if you really call that a place to hang out. But remember that they had that section upstairs? Do you remember that? Yeah, was that video games up there? Uh, I thought there was some eating area up there, if I'm not mistaken. But all those places were in Bath. Where did we hang out in Richfield? There wasn't really, <laughs> there weren't really <laughs> there a lot wasn't. of places to hang out in Richfield. So, I mean, if you wanted ice cream, you'd go to like Van's Pharmacy because they had the the soda fountain there, or Country Made, or Country Made, which is still around. Yeah. Or, but you really wouldn't hang out there. You know, you eat your ice cream, and then you better have something else to do. <laughs> Because that's like out in the middle of nowhere. I guess you can go to the Coliseum afterwards, but uh, you're a 12-year-old. You're not... What are you going to go do over there? Yeah. <laughs> go to a Just ride game. your bike around. <laughs> yeah. You could go to uh, the Dairy Queen and the and the Golfette. Remember the little golf course that was attached? I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. yeah. I spent a lot of time there, too. Um, you could go swimming over at the Holiday Inn. And then if you could sneak in, if you knew somebody that worked there <laughs> or someone who was staying there. Yeah. yeah. But it was usually somebody who worked there. <laughs> After you, you swim, you could get a nightcap over at Barney Google's. <laughs> yes, you could. But I, I do remember going over there to swim and I don't remember how we arranged or what, but you'd go into the sauna. Do you remember the sauna? Oh there? yeah. The sauna. <laughs> and you'd heat it up so that you were just this, <laughs> this side of passing out. And then you'd stumble through the door, steam rolling out, and you'd work your way to the pool, and you'd jump in, and you would every pore in your body would freeze up. And the pores would freeze so fast they'd make a little wave as you jump into the water. It was, and you'd free, oh, and you scream, oh. and then you climb back, climb back out, and get into the sauna again, do the whole thing over. Yeah. What other places uh, from Richfield are closed? We mentioned. Quite a few right there. Fans Pharmacy, Coliseum's been demolished. Dairy Queen's been demolished. There's a subway yeah. there now. No more golf. Do you remember course. the uh, the Great Lakes uh, Swim Club up at at the uh, Girl Scout camp? No, this was uh, just just south of the Brexville line. It's a Yellow Freight now. I don't remember that at all. Uh, it was a. It was a large, you know, this is probably pre even, uh, I don't think much past first grade that they had this. There was an Olympic sized swimming pool. And then there was another pool off to the side with diving boards and everything. It was, um, it was quite a setup. Was it by the Um, Howard Johnson? Oh, it was north of that. (laughs) Rex Salvin. Maybe it was across the street from that. Yeah, it was still in Richfield, but it's where Yellow Freight is now. Okay. Um, and we, we would spend time there in the summers. And how about the uh, movie theater? Yeah, there's there was that Skyline Drive-In, which I don't think yeah. was open very long while we were alive. It probably closed in the late 70s or early 80s. Because yeah. we always went down to Montrose if we wanted to go to the drive-in. 
I remember. Yeah. Yeah, the Skyline, I remember seeing a few movies. I remember seeing a Pink Panther movie, and I wonder if we saw like one of the, maybe the first Star Wars movie mm. we might have seen there. Where we lived, uh, we, we lived on, in North Ridgefield, kind of in the, the northeast corner of Ridgefield. So we spent a lot of time in Brexville and in Peninsula doing, doing our hangout things. We, uh, we'd go to the Peninsula Library quite a bit, and I'm trying to remember what else we did in Peninsula. Well, uh, and in Brexville, of course, when they finally built that McDonald's there, that was a huge deal. That was yeah. around that around that time, about 83, wasn't it? That was huge, because uh, I remember we would, uh, we didn't have a McDonald's around us at all. So that was where <laughs> Grandma would take us, or Dad, or or whoever would take us and we'd get uh cheeseburgers or whatever. Do you remember Rex <laughs> do you remember Rex Salvage? No. It was at one of the trucking companies, PIE. It was a salvage store where like, you know, boxes of dent scratch and dent goods were taken. And uh you could go in there and buy cheap things like Atari games with, with dented packages they would have for like five bucks and these games were like 20 bucks at the store and it was just because the box was damaged we'd go there quite a bit and then uh, on on the way back you could stop at babs orchard and and get some apples (laughs) (laughs) apples and atari apples and atari the two a's (laughs) (laughs) and then you had the places that you could hang out but they're still around like obviously Whitey's, where your brother made a name for himself. Yeah, he he was a, a minor celebrity there for quite a while. Yep. As a as a, a cook and a waiter, he met his wife there. As a matter of fact, really. Yes, she was brought in by Greg Moore, uh, the younger of the Moore brothers. And uh, <laughs> oh, pl- shout out to Eric Moore. Hey there. As well. But uh, Greg Moore uh, was going to uh, Kent State at the time, and he brought uh, Jan Albertson in of the uh, Cuyahoga Falls Albertsons, and um, with, with another friend. They were on a double date, and I'm trying to remember how the whole thing worked out. He was trying to set. Greg was on the date with Jan, who eventually married my brother. He Greg was trying to set Jim up with Jan's friend. Oh. And uh, the day was not going well at all. And my brother was smitten with Jan when he saw her. Again, she was there on the date with Greg, which wasn't going well. <laughs> so he said, my brother goes to Greg later. He said, hey, hey what, who's that? Uh, can you get me her number? And Greg says, brother, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> or some to some effect. It's like when Harry met Sally. But my brother persisted. He said, "No, no, no, no. I, I really like her. I want to uh, give me her number." So Greg eventually gets him her, gets my brother Jan's number, and uh, well, I think that they that was about ninety into ninety or ninety one, uh-huh. early ninety one, and they've been together since. So wow, yeah. So Whitey's was a love connection as well. Yeah, take that, Chuck Woolery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else is still, I guess, Teshner's Tavern, uh, uh-huh. out here on Broadview Road. Is the Tavern of Richfield still open? 
yeah, the Tavern of Ritual is still open. It's been under many different owners. The current owners, um, they, I'm on their email list, and they have like a, like an underground bar. I think it's called the Underground, and you can go there and uh, they have like a amateur musician night. I think the first Thursday of the month, and you can go there and like get up on stage and play songs. And, you should take your banjo up there. Well, some guys from our Monday night group do go and, and play some songs, but I would never subject any ritual residents to my banjo play. <laughs> it's oh, stop, Nolan. <laughs> it's he said it's just too good. Uh, yeah, I should charge for it. I lack the the skills at this point. I couldn't play anything without music in front of me. So until I memorize something, I'm not going to do that. And then across the well, street, just give it some time. Yeah, across the street's the dugout. And I think when we were growing up, was it called the Richfield Inn? It was a gas station, wasn't it? Well, at one point it was, but you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> On the yeah, corner I know there. the place. The northeast corner of yeah. Broadview and, and uh, 303. We never went in any of those places. I did not go into that this Richfield Inn or the dugout until uh, it was somebody's bachelor party at some point in time. And uh, I went, you know, I, I was really excited because it had been this building that was in the background of, of all the parades that I went to. And yeah. anytime I was going to Lawson's or whatever, it was always there. But I never went into because I think it was a biker bar for a while too. Right. It seems or, like there was always these bikers there, and I, I, I'm not messing with that, even at twelve. You know, <laughs> I'm not going in there. And even the the tavern of Richfield, I think we went in there, or I went in there once. It was like I was. Uh, it had to be the early '90s, and I went, oh, <laughs> this isn't great. But I talked with some guys that worked there, and they were talking about how they they would uh, chew tobacco all the time. And sometimes when they'd spit, it wouldn't necessarily make it into the into the dip cup all the time. And I thought, well, I'm not having a salad from there then. That was enough for me. This sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> did, I <laughs> Why tell is this, that? did I tell this story about going there for a bachelor party and my brother spitting tobacco into my empty Diet Coke cup? Because you know what, you what a drinker I am. Uh, right. <laughs> there was just ice left in the cup, and little did I know that he was using it as a dip cup. So I took a uh, a swig out of out of the cup, and uh, you know to kind of crunch on some ice, and the ice just tasted a little off. Oh no! That's not Diet Coke. <laughs> and he's like, "Did oh, you no. just swallow some of that?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I've been using it to spit in." Oh, yeah! Bachelor party. <laughs> it was it was not good. Yeah, <laughs> I swear that this might be a repeat from a previous episode. <laughs> I think I do remember you telling that that story. So I apologize for uh, repetition, and uh, people may need to clean their ears after hearing that <laughs> for a second time. Hey, Matt, did you hear about uh, this one story? I saw this on the on the internet. 
Firefighters spend three hours removing weight from Jim Go- Goer's sensitive part. Ouch. <laughs> no, I didn't hear this. Uh, this mishap may give new meaning to the weightlifting clean and jerk. A man working out in a German gym got a very sensitive part of his body stuck inside a five and a half pound weight plate on Friday, according to officials. Firefighters spent three hours using a grinder and a vibrating saw to free what was widely reported to have been the man's penis from the center of the disc. The Worms Fire Department, it might be called, it might might be the Verms, because the W's are V's. (laughs) Yes. I thought you were talking about the guy's wiener, the worm. (laughs) Fire Department. That must have been a small hole in that five-pound weight. (laughs) He shared a photo of the shattered weight to Facebook following the delicate extraction. The department also urged other gym-goers not to imitate such actions. (laughs) (laughs) Three hours. So he's sitting down there absolutely naked, and they're working this thing for three hours. I think just out of... Fear and shame, he would have had a shriveling effect that would have just released everything. (laughs) Authorities didn't make it clear how the man ended up with the weight wrapped around his manhood. And the incident prompted plenty of speculation on social media, as you you could expect. Uh, One person wrote so many questions. Another said, is this the male version of Kegel's? And then someone else said, where was his spotter? (laughs) (laughs) But there is a picture from the uh, fire department, along with a bunch of German that that I can't read anymore since college. I I haven't kept up with it. But a shattered weight that they must have used a grinder and vibrating saw (laughs) in five separate pieces. And that's a very tight hole, it looks like. Oh, my God. Well, only in Germany, I guess. Yeah, these things, you know, you read about a lot of this stuff over in Europe. I don't know what is going on over there. Well, uh, that <laughs> I just don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Other than uh, his family must be proud. You're and again? I hope it all worked out for him. <laughs> Oh, a little, little laid off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we uh, look at some listener emails that we've gotten since our last podcast? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I'm sure everybody has been waiting uh, all summer long for us to return. And I'm sure there's quite a few um, messages that, that, that people have sent. There there were quite a few emails. We even got some emails from like Dave Prudian. Give a shout out. He's a big fan. He was going to listen to the podcast, I believe, in, where was he going? Central America? I'm trying to remember uh, where he was heading. Dave, if you're listening, I apologize. But he uh, he said he's going to Costa Rica. So he wants to have know if he has the record for the farthest south listener. Which, I guess if he listened to it in Costa Rica, maybe he does. He does, but I've heard that we're huge in Peru. <laughs> well, that's only because those people are very short. Oh. 
So what have people written then okay. to say? Someone said, how often do you guys do the show? Uh, it's been a while since I projectile vomited my dignity and self-perseverance. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, not enough. I think we should try to try to be a little more regular. Yes. We had a summer off, you know. Uh, great fan from Cherry County, Nebraska. I think oh, wow. I think the fans would really enjoy if both of you got into a ring and fought to the death. Then the oh. winner would be put put on a pedestal so that the fans could shoot them in the face. Then there would be no more podcasts. Well, huh? <laughs> that's new. Yeah. Well, I I'm not sure how we could work that out. You know, getting all yeah. the fans in. I mean, we've had fights, uh, never to mm-hmm. the death, and uh, you know. No, we've always been able to work things out. Yes, yes. And then I got one from a listener named Steve. It says, Becky, Karen, and Sue, as you are all aware of my job search, I wanted to give you an update and ask for some assistance. I accepted a role at a bank in St. Petersburg, Florida, and will be starting on 814. Jenny will follow me in about 30 to 45 days as we search for a new home down there. We are thankful I was able to locate a new role doing the same duties and functions I did up here at M&I and Associated Bank. God pointed us south, and we are following that direction. Jenny and I will need a new church in the St. Petersburg area. We appreciate any thoughts you might have on Lutheran churches for us to visit in that area. Thanks, Steve. That may have been um, misaddressed. (laughs) Possibly. Uh, Steve, however, you... <laughs> maybe he's hoping that uh, through our our broad reach of our program, I mean, we go down to South uh, America almost in Costa Rica, that uh, perhaps he can he and Jenny can get some help. And I'm I'm worried if uh, they were able to find a home before the hurricane came through that area. Hopefully, if they did, they had insurance at that point. <laughs> Because that was like on uh, August 14th, he he said he would be starting at the new bank in St. Petersburg. I, I hope it all worked out for him. Yeah. I should email him back and let him know that uh, he he may have uh, a wrong email address on here. <laughs> Who is he sending it to? Uh, Becky? Ken, Ken, <laughs> he, was <laughs> he was sending it to Becky, Karen, and Sue. And when I look at the... Uh, Becky, Karen, and Sue. Yeah, Becky, Karen, and Sue. I see an email for a Karen and someone named Soth, Soth Staff. So I, I wonder if uh, he may have accidentally typed in our email address <laughs> instead of uh, Becky's. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he's probably thinking, that bitch Becky never wrote me back. <laughs> And then I, I have gotten one asking if we're still hiring, but it, it, it looks like a forum email. <laughs> oh. Hello, hiring manager. And then two from Phoebe. Uh, she's just a recruiter from the UK. So, okay. And, and she's not recruiting us. Hey, did that? Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> maybe we could set up and do a remote from, uh, from London. Right. Because the Browns are going there, aren't they? Yeah, they do go there this year. That's going to be yeah. awesome. Have you also got any more word from that Nigerian prince? <laughs> no, we're not. I really on, felt bad for that poor guy. We're, we're not on good terms anymore. I mean, I've, 
I forwarded you the email to, so you could respond because yeah. it seemed more like your thing. Right. I gave him my bank account number, social security number, and everything he asked for because uh, I think it's going to be quite lucrative for myself. <laughs> well, good luck. I can't wait to hear what happens with him. Thank if, you. If he really is royalty, uh, maybe he'll be on the show and he could be our first uh, royal participant. Even though you're you're kind of royalty in your own uh, in your own way. <laughs> oh, I am king of the castle. So uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the South Richfield podcast. As always, you can contact us through email if you want your email read right on the air, like uh, some of our other. Listeners like Steve from uh, moving down to Florida, uh, our email address is southrichfield at gmail.com. You can find our page on Facebook or at South Richfield on Twitter. And of course, Matt, don't forget to tell them about our iTunes. Absolutely. Head to your iTunes store and give us a, a review, typically a five star review, so that we can. Uh, reach out to as many other listeners and subject them to the same sort of uh, pain that you just suffered. <laughs> just hit that subscribe button under the South Ritual podcast on iTunes or, you know, on Podomatic. Any of your favorite podcast sites should be carrying our our podcast by now. I mean, it's it's our third season, for crying out loud. Right. You know, that, that, that sort of uh, longevity does not go unnoticed by um, all the purveyors of podcasts. Right. Didn't Seinfeld hit big during his third season? That's when it really took off. Yeah. No, uh, that's what I, I think big things are ahead for us. Yeah, big things. Make sure you stay tuned to all the South Richfield information. <laughs> South Richfield knowledge. We're dropping it like it's hot. That's right. And we'll also be um, finally get coming up with uh, perfecting the egg cream recipe. <laughs> yes, for sure. We'll put that recipe on our Facebook page uh, as soon as we find the time. Which may be in season four or five. <laughs> the way things are going around here. We're getting there. We're getting there. We it, it, it took you and I, uh, what, six and a half, seven years to get through college? I think we're well, part for the course. Six years. It took us full six years well, I did do some summer, so I got I have to put in a half year in there. Okay, six, six and a half years for us to get through college. But look at us now. <laughs> An unsuccessful beet farmer and a uh, sanitary engineer. Middle management. Middle management. I, I, I'm living the dream. Same here, bro. <laughs> What went wrong? I had so much potential. Hey, I heard that uh, uh, somebody, I can't remember who, somebody famous made it big at age uh, 50. So we're, we're just about there. All right. We're just entering our prime. Right, right. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time on the South Patrol Podcast. So long.